0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross-Culture Church in Houston, Texas. I'm looking forward to this season. You know, I've had some experiences in my life where with the Lord and with in prayer and whatnot, where, you know, you just sort of begin to recognize that God is doing certain things. And you begin to see... And also, God can communicate things to you. You know, God still gives us dreams. He still gives us vision. And He still fulfills things like He did even in the Old Testament, right? God did some things in the Old Testament. He'll do even more in the New, won't He? You know what I'm saying? We have greater promises. We have a strong word in the Bible. And whatever God's done and He's given us an example of in the Old Testament... In fact, in the new, it even says what was written in the old was to teach you about God and to teach you how things work and to teach you how to believe and how to have faith. And it's to inspire you. We don't look at that and go, well, God did that, but he won't do anything like that anymore. That's just complete absolute doubt, right? That's not the way it's supposed to work at all. We look at the things that God said in the old and we bring it into our lives, into what's going on into our lives and into right now. And I just want to encourage everyone because... I believe this is a wonderful new season that we're coming into. God's bringing His church out of the old wilderness. He's bringing, and the wilderness isn't necessarily bad. It's just not a place where you're increasing. You're you're just living in a certain level. You're living in a certain level. And what's God doing in the wilderness? He's training you, teaching you, so that when you come into the land that He's called you to go into, you'll have the right mindset, the right attitudes and the right disposition so that you'll honor God in your going forward. You know, people that never have too many troubles, they don't understand how to trust in God very much. You understand what I'm saying? I have learned to trust in God through my troubles. I've learned to be humble because of my own weaknesses and my, my, you know, my own messes, right? Now, it's my smallness, things that I've gotten into in life, have ended up being those things that have that have been that which has made me a better man. It's drawn me closer to God. It's called me, caused me to trust, you see. Amen. So I just want to encourage you. Seasons change, just like the season changed and they were in the wilderness learning about God. Then they had to learn how to follow God in the promised land. They had to learn how to walk in that promised land, and you might be thinking the promised land is a land of amazing blessings. Yes, it's that, but it's more than that. You see, most people think the promised land is when I'm going to finally make it. Well, the promised land really is going to be where you begin to increase in what God has called you to do and what you're supposed to do in this life, because life isn't just about you having bigger houses, bigger cars and more things like that. It's about fulfilling a purpose. So your promised land is where you begin to be more fruitful for God, more fruitful in what you've been called to be. And it's not just about that. The promised land has everything to do with you expanding the kingdom of God. You see? So God said, go in and take that land, right? They can't just go... Ah, that's okay. We'll stay out here in the wilderness. God's like, no, you don't understand. This isn't just about your blessing. It's about me expanding my kingdom. And I've told you, go into the land. Amen? You see? And I want to talk to you today a little bit about that. Because I believe that's a call for us today. God, I believe, is speaking to his people. And there's a timing where there's going to be a season of fruitfulness. I believe we're going to be able to look back up until this point and go, wow, things were one way up until then, but then the, the blessing of God began to come in a new dimension. God began to open up doors in a new dimension, and we began to possess the land <laughs> in a new way that we hadn't seen before. So, okay, let's go to Luke 19. Everybody turn, turn in your phones to Luke 19. Luke 19, verse, we'll start out in verse 12, all right? 19, 12. He says this there. Now, he's, he. you know, Jesus would teach through parables. And a parable, we'll just say it's a story that that is presented to give a truth, right? So Jesus would use a story, but it's presenting a greater truth, okay? So uh, anyway, he's speaking this parable and he said, he says this in verse 12, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called 10 of his servants, delivered to him, 10 minus and said to them, do business till I come. There's another translation that says, occupy till I come. So what that word means, one says do business. One means occupy, and you sort of have to look at those two words and try to figure out, and if you look at the, you know, the, the root word of what it is originally, you, what you find out of that God's communicating there is, I want you to take what you have been given and to transact with it, use it to bring increase. Do you, you see what I'm saying? One says, occupy until I come, Another says, do business until I come. Take what you've been given. Use it for the kingdom of God and bring increase until I come, right? Now, if you look at what Jesus did, this is exactly what he was doing. You remember Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and from that moment, he took what he had been given. He began to occupy. He began to push out demonic forces, wherever he went. He was using what he'd been given to bring increase to God. Do y'all see what I'm saying? And if you look in the Old Testament, you see the same thing with the story there where the Old Testament Israel was illustrating something that's for the New Testament. The Old Testament Israel was told, go in and possess The land, right? Occupy the land. Now, what did it mean for them to occupy the land? They had to go into the land. They had to drive out the enemy. And who is the enemy that we see through Jesus more clearly? It's spiritual evil. It's darkness. It's things that are of the devil and the principalities and the forces of evil. Now, in the New Testament, things become very, very clear. And God explains in many places in the New Testament that our whole world is surrounded by forces, good and evil. There are angels of God, and these angels are empowered by God through our prayers. So as we walk with God, as we pray, as we're believing God, guess what? Angels do a lot of the work here in the scenes. If y'all remember, you can read that in Daniel Something like that took place where it shows this. But there there are evil forces that are naturally here in this world, always bringing us into or trying to bring the world into darkness. That's the force that's naturally here. That's the force that's always working on us. And that's why we have to continually go to God. If you're not regularly going to God, I will tell you, The darkness at some level is having a greater influence on you than the light. It might be depression. It might be discouragement. It might be a defeatist attitude where you don't feel like you can go forward. But if you're not spending time in the light, dispelling the darkness in you, the darkness is going to be influencing you, your attitudes, your mind, your desires even. Amen? But when you get into the Word and you get into the light of God, that light begins to shine on the inside of you. The Word of God lights up on the inside of you. The Bible says that Word is supernatural. It'll go to the depths of who you are, separating even bone and marrow. It's alive. Amen? And you see, we get there with God, and that light gets on the inside of us, and it begins to shine. And so when what we are doing and what they did in the Old Testament is an illustration for us. They went in. They drove out the enemies. They drove out the Amalekites, the Ammonites, the, all the ites and the Mosquito Bites, I heard one guy say. They drove out all of these ites and they established God's kingdom, his rule, his rule. And what did Jesus tell us to pray? Which I believe is our assignment in part. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. You see, in the Old Testament, they were looking at this little section where they're going, they're, they're saying, this is ours, right? Um, you know, we're supposed to increase here. Well, in the New Testament, Jesus says, thy, we're supposed to pray, thy kingdom come, right? And what did he also say? Now, in the Old Testament, they had a little piece of land, and he says, I want you to go and to possess this. Drive out the enemies. Keep going forward. Establish my kingdom. Never slow down, because if you slow down, they're going to grow, and if they grow, you're going to go backwards. You know that he told them, if you ever stop pushing out your enemies, they're going to become snares in your sides. They're going to bring you down. They're going to keep you from going forward. And I'll tell you something, I believe so fully, that's the kind of thing that has happened in the world and in our nation. We got out of the mindset of advancing, of of taking territory, of claiming ground, of occupying. And because of that, we backed up and we've become complacent. We see the enemy all around us and we don't even think about driving out the enemy anymore. We've become comfortable with them. In fact, we invite the enemy through the television many other ways right into our homes. We go to clubs and places right there where he's 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 just having his worship services. You see what I'm saying? God goes, you will not increase that way. You will not be blessed that way. You are not going to prosper that way. you see, I believe that's exactly what's happened to the church. We quit having the mindset of, let's go forward. Let's make a difference in this world. And we just want to fit in. We just want a nice little cool place we can go that we can say, hell, that's the cool place I go for church. Look how amazing it is. Look at how cool it is. Look at the decorations, look at the organization, look at these programs. Oh, it's so wonderful, right? And God's like, I don't care about that. I want to know, do you have power? Are you doing what I told you to do? Are you driving devils out of people and out of society? Are lives really changing? Are there people that are on fire for God because I want you to know something so clearly. This is what the true gospel always ultimately produces. Fire, power, change, transformation, not only of people, but of society. And when the church gets this back, when the church gets this vision back, when the church begins to walk this out, we're going to see it happen again. You're going to see lives change like you never have. You're going to see our cities change. You'll see our nation change. You might go, oh, that'll never happen. You've been listening to the wrong messages. Oh, the giants are too big. We could never. You've been listening to the wrong people going to the wrong places. I don't care how nice it feels. You don't have an understanding that we have been called to go forward. Then you're going to just be a watered down somebody just trying to have a comfortable life. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I have a nice little Bible study. I am telling you, God is so much bigger than that. God wants to push, push you out of that comfort zone. You know when you begin to really pray? When you step out on water and you need God to hold you up. You just are in your little comfort zone. All your, you know, most people, all they pray about is their problems. You realize that? I understand God wants us to pray about our problems. But shouldn't there be something more we're praying about? Amen? Amen? We got a big assignment. I want you to go into all the world. All the world. Man, that's huge. In the Old Testament, he gave me the territory. I want you to go within here, here. This is in Joshua 1 4. Here's your territory. Here's your boundaries. Here, here. I'm going to give every place where you go to you. And what did Jesus say when he left? He comes back and he goes, all authority's been given to me, not just over Israel. All authority in heaven and all on the earth. The whole earth. And then what would he say? Go to your houses and watch TV. Go, you know, spend your whole life to get a better job. That's what life's about. I just want you to have a wonderful job and a great house. No, wait a minute. That's in the book, I Say So, right? <laughs> what do he say? All authority. This is powerful. You see, we've been thinking the devil has so much authority, right? He's the God of this world. But then, but then Jesus has come. He won something back that Adam lost. You see, Adam was over this world. Jesus won something back. And now he says, now I'm commissioning you. And I'm telling you, go. Go and I've been given authority all in heaven, over all heaven and over all the earth. You know what that means? That means wherever you are, You are called to walk underneath your Lord, under his authority, and do what he has called you to do, which is what? Expand that kingdom. Drive out evil. Drive out demons. Preach the truth. Share the gospel. Pray for the problems that are there. I'll tell you the reason why there's so little prayer is nobody's doing anything They're 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 at home. They're not believing for miracles at their workplace They're not believing for lives to change. They see people even people go to church and they're not living right, whatever You know what I'm saying? There's not even anybody trying to help them out of that You understand? Oh, that's just normal. now. I want to just say that is not normal We should be helping people get out of the darkness and to get into the light. Amen We have to tell them truth. Patting somebody on the back won't do them any good if you're not telling them the truth. People need the truth. The truth shared in love sets people free. Amen? Man, we need to be honest with people. And you know what? People see when that comes from love. They see when you care and they see when it's from a religious spirit of obligation. Right? A guy came to me in, in my office Y'all know my, I have two offices, two different Starbucks. <laughs> you know, my office, one of my offices the other day, my large office, you know, started talking to me about God and he's from another, another religion as a cult. And I was thinking, man, he, he's doing his duty. He has to do that because only a certain number of them are going to get saved in his mind. And you work, you see what I'm saying? And I'm just thinking, wow, he's just doing this because it's his duty. Now, I do believe we should do things because it's our duty, but we ought to do them really because we love God. You you see what I'm saying? I want you to know it's not just about, this isn't about earning your salvation. This isn't about, oh, I want to do so much so that I can, no, no. This is because you love God and you want to put him first and do what he says. We, you know, we have so many people just praying about their needs all the time, praying about their needs, praying about their needs. There's nothing wrong with that. But do you realize that if you would do what God said first, a lot of your needs would begin to be filled? Is that not true? In the Lord's Prayer, you know what he says first? Pray, thy kingdom come. And then a few verses down, Give us this day our daily bread. We put God first. What does he say in Matthew 6? Seek first the kingdom. Then all these things will come after you. What does it mean to seek the kingdom? I believe it means to seek the kingdom's benefit, the kingdom's priority, the kingdom in your life, the kingdom in the earth. You see what I'm saying? And I believe we've not been doing that at all. We've not been promoting prioritizing the kingdom have we do y'all see what i mean but it's hard because we are so attached to this world we're so attached to the things of this world i tell you the church is about as in bondage as the world is to stuff to advancement to natural stuff i'm not saying those things are wrong god will bless us with those but whenever the priorities aren't there and you're not pursuing the kingdom, do you not think there's something wrong there? Are you are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you trying, are you been praying for, where you were? Have you been praying for do you not think there's something wrong there? Now I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to wake you up and trying to wake all of us up because God's waking his church up again, saying, Okay, guys, I didn't call you just to have a nice life. There's a world full of darkness out there. That's your territory. I told you to possess it. And it's a land of milk and honey. If you go and possess the land, you watch, you're going to get blessed doing that, putting the kingdom first. Amen? Are you all with me? So, God's called us to this. Deuteronomy 5, 8. God says this to his Israelites. Look, I set the land before you. Go in now. And possess it. Um, what What an interesting word there. So Israel had this word, go in, possess the land. But guess what? There are giants in the land. There are demons out there, so to speak. Everything's, I mean, okay, let me tell you this in case you don't know. There are giants. They were huge people. Huge. Much larger than the kind of people you'd see today. They were large people. They called them giants. There were seven nations of them. They were well-trained. They were extremely numerous compared to Israel. They were trained to be warriors. Israel, they had come from families of bricklayers and farmers and that kind of thing, right? They've been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years now, and then they come to the point again, and he goes, go in there and take it. Go in there and possess the land. You know we make fun of them, but I am telling you today, um, their predicament is a, was a lot worse even than than where ours is. It seems to me. Do y'all see what I mean? We make fun of them because we go, oh, they're not going forward. But uh, I tell you, I, I think we're in the the, the same kind of dilemma many times. But so they had this. So they had this huge problem, and God had said go in, I'm going to give you the land, or I have given you the land. Now, I think that's another interesting thing, and God said this clearly to Joshua. He says, I have given you the land. I have given you the land. Who's in the land when God said that? The seven other nations, right? The giants, right? But God says, I have given you something. Now, Most of us would look at the land and say, God, you haven't given that to us. There are giants still over there. Right? God goes, no, you don't understand. I have given you the land. Every place the sole of your foot will tread, I have given you. So they had a promise. There were giants. They didn't have anything but a promise. And what was it? I have already done this for you. It doesn't look like it. You're only going to find out when you go forward. I have given past everything that you shall, present and future, put your foot on. Think about that. The church can pray, which we should, and then watch, and sometimes things will happen. But I, I just, you have to understand this. Nothing big's going to happen until we step out. And then when we step out, guess what we're going to have to do? Pray even more. That's when you really begin to pray. When you start stepping out. When you start getting out there where the giants are and the giants start fighting back. That's when you begin to pray. You don't run away. You go deeper. You say, God, I need your help. You said you'd empower me, you said you'd help me. I'm here, God, fighting for your kingdom. I'm telling the truth, I'm doing it in love. God, I need your help. So our taking the initiative to step out triggers something. And I want to reiterate this, you are only going to get the blessing to the level that you step out in. We are only going to see advancement to the degree that we step out to possess the land. I will give you every place where your feet will tread. Wow, isn't that powerful? It's amazing. And if you don't understand that that's for us, I mean, honestly, that's that's like the whole point of those stories was for us. You see, I don't know how the church has gotten just so off course with all of this. But this is for us today. Now, I want to emphasize something. And that is that these promises that we've been that we've been teaching, and I, I believe accurately in a lot of ways over the last many years in the, the church world, um, but not completely, not fully, not not to their full intention. These promises in the Word of God are not primarily meant to be for our needs to be met. You see. All right, I want to go through that, but the promises that we have been given give us power to advance the kingdom, to win people to Christ, to impact our world with the power of God, to drive out demons, to uproot strongholds in society. You see what I'm saying? Amen. These promises, you've got to get a bigger picture of what the promises are all about. They are to grab hold of them so that you can expand the kingdom of God. Your heart should be so much aligned with God that you just want to do what God wants you to do and you want to see this kingdom expanded. Amen? Now, in John 14, this is a great verse. Well, I say that every week about a verse I read. That's a great verse. You know, there's great verses everywhere, right? But Jesus says this in John 14. I want you to pay attention to this and think through it. He says, to those who believe, or for those who believe, you're going to do what I've done. Okay, that's really powerful. That's telling us what our assignment is supposed to be in life. You might go, well, I'm called to be a doctor. I'm called to be a nurse. Well, yes, yes but there's a bigger, bigger, bigger picture. Amen. There's a really big picture. That's why he said to those who believe you're going to do the works that I've been doing. Now, what was Jesus doing? In a nutshell, he was preaching truth. Man, it brought chaos. It got people mad at him, but the power of God was going forward. Demons were coming out of people. Demons were, I believe, even coming out of society. Okay, so so he was advancing. He was occupying. Amen. Do y'all see what I'm saying? He was possessing the land. He was taking what he had been given and using it to bring increase to God. And by the way, have we not been? Have we not received the Holy Spirit? Have we not received the power of God? Why do you think God baptizes with the Holy Spirit? He says so that we might do the work of God. Amen? It's not just so that you can enjoy your TV programs better. Anyway, so he goes, the one who believes is going to do what I've done, and even more than that. And then the next verse, after he's been talking about doing the works of God, expanding the kingdom, the very next thing he connects to that, and he says, and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything, I'll do it. Jesus had in His mind, when He said, ask anything and I'm going to do it, He had in His mind you expanding the kingdom, getting into a place where you need a miracle for the expansion of the kingdom to drive out demons, to to see a breakthrough where you are. He's like, ask, ask, believe God. I want to come through that for, for you. Amen? I want to do that for you. You see, man, and we've got to begin to recognize that promise in that verse is connected to that statement. The promises of I'm going to give you everything is connected to go. Expand this kingdom. Do what I've been doing. Amen. I think that's really powerful. And then what does he say? Do this that the father may be glorified. Okay ask let me back up to those that believe you're going to do the works that i've done and then he says and then ask whatever you in my name and i'll do it that the father may be glorified in the son ask if you ask anything in my name i'll do it again he's got in mind anything pertaining to expanding the kingdom amen so, and then he says, that the Father may be glorified. How do we glorify God? It's not only by living holy, even though not living holy definitely puts a smudge on the things of God, right? We must live holy. That's the, like the beginning stages. We have to live for God, right? But we go from, we have to go from that to actually doing what God wants us to do, Right? So in this verse, how does the father get glorified? Can y'all see that? We get glorified by going forward, doing the works of God, asking, getting God's intervention. That's what he said, right? He connects asking with doing the works, asking out. We go forward. We ask Then God intervenes. God does miracles. Society is increased. There's breakthroughs. God comes on the scene. That's what happens. Do you see that? And then it says that my father would be glorified. That's how he's glorified. Do do y'all see what I'm saying? When the church will go forward, when the church will step into the land and begin to pray and seek God for help as we're going forward, and then God shows up and does something big. What happens in that moment brings glory to God the Father. Amen. And then one other verse here about in this particular issue here. He says this in John 16. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give to you. Ask and you'll receive that your joy might be full. And again, he's not just talking about you getting your needs met. You know, um, I will tell you this. Um... You know, your greatest joy is not in getting your needs met. You know, the Bible says it's greater to give than to receive. You're going to enter into a new level of joy when your mindset gets off of you and into something bigger than you. There's another level of joy there. There's misery and a bunch of other stuff when you're just focused on you. That's just the way it happens. You know, there's a lie that says if you, if you um, get to your greatest and you become the greatest that you want to be, then you're going to be the most happy. Well, that's never worked with anybody. Amen. Jesus actually said, if you die to yourself, then you're actually going to find yourself. But see, that's not what the world will tell you. People have spend their whole lives trying to find themselves. You you see? Oh, I know. Just trying to find themselves, trying to find that fulfillment. And and Jesus is like, you got to die to find it. But it's real hard because nobody wants to do that naturally. And how do you die? You die to yourself and you come alive to, to the purposes of God. You can't just die to yourself. That'd be miserable. You have to die, and then you have to come back toward God, right? You have, to, you have to die for the purpose of serving God. Anyway, so he says this, asking you that you receive that your joy might be full. There is no greater joy in life than you seeing God come through in this world, particularly for others. When you get a hold of God and you start going forward and you see people that are in darkness, see people that aren't serving the Lord, uh, people that are religious but not right with God, you see people, the the darkness that's all in this world, the crazy thinking. You know, the the crazy thinking, I'm not going to get into this today. I'd I'd probably get stuck in a rut because there's so much craziness in, in our world and things that people believe now and things that people are saying now. You're going, man, are you serious? That's darkness that's been increasing, you see? And we can't j- only look at it and recognize it's wrong. We've got to be empowered to break in with the light and do do work and do damage to the devil, right? Are y'all with me? Are y'all, are y'all getting, I hope you're getting vision for yourself. Are you thinking maybe you're going to go to the next level with God? with purpose, with what you ought to be doing, or are you at a place where you just decide, no, I want to keep doing what I'm doing for a while until I make it because I know I'm going to get it one day. I know it's going to happen. I I'm going to be so fulfilled and I'm going to attain and I'm going to go and then I'll do it for God. It's never going to happen. It doesn't happen. I'm just encouraging you right now as I'm going to be finishing up before too long. Start thinking about this what if I lay down my life? Is that crazy? Is that so painful to do? I bet even now, rationally, you realize it's the right thing to do biblically. If there's a struggle with it, that means there's darkness working in you, right? You got to be willing to go, you know what? God, help me. Help me so that I can come out of this darkness. You might even be a believer. You might be living morally, but you got your own little comfort zone you want to live in. God's like, you know what? Uh, That doesn't please me. I want you to be willing to step out. I want you to be willing to go forward. And you got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. I'm telling you, there's a dark world out there. And guess what? We are the answer. I can't believe that. Why didn't God send angels to preach the gospel to people? I don't know. But did you know if we don't preach, nobody preaches? That's the craziest thing to me. God has given Breakthrough to this world, the power of it, into your hands. That's a crazy thought. People will say, well, it's all up to God. Well, that's true, but God said he's going to do it through you. He decided, he limited himself, if you want to say it that way, to do it that way because that's how he wanted to do it. If there's going to be breakthrough in this world, it's going to be because people like you and me made a decision that we weren't just going to live for ourselves but we were going to live first to put the kingdom first in his righteousness and trust that all these other blessings will follow. So he's saying, don't run after all these things. The Gentiles do that. People who don't know God do that. Pull off of that. Put the kingdom first. Run after the kingdom. Set your heart, your mind on that. And all those other things will happen. You might even be thinking today, I don't even know how to go forward. I'll tell you right now, the first thing you have to do is just to make a decision to put God and kingdom first and to let go of whatever you've been putting first and say, God, I've got to submit that to you. That's been an idol in my life. I've been running after the wrong things. I'm focusing on the wrong things. You know, when you get idols in your life, guess what? You don't get hungry for God anymore. You're not seeking the Lord during the week. You don't wake up, read the word of God and thank the Lord when you get up. You don't pray during the day. You're thinking about all your stuff all your issues all all what you want do, y'all, do you know see what i'm saying you know how many people live their whole lives like that it's like watching an ant farm and i believe the devils can just watch like some people they're just like an ant farm work going to do, do the same thing every day and then they die that's the crazy thing by the way i read the other day i'm maybe this is wrong i read ants live 30 years I'm like whoa that's a crazy life for an insect, right? But um, you know, most people will live their whole life in the in that rat race, the hamster wheel, running after something they don't ever get, which is fulfillment. That they're trying to get it in the wrong places. Anyway, one time Jesus sent his disciples out. He says, "Okay, guys, I want to teach you guys something." Remember now earlier, he says, "I'm going." I want you guys to occupy. You remember we, we learned that? So he gave them a little taste of it before he left. And he goes, okay, guys, I'm going to send you you all out. And I want you to go drive the devil out, heal the sick, do that kind of thing. So he sent them all out to, to do that. And he's back. Now, what's Jesus doing? I expect he's praying when he sent these people out, right? So they're out. Uh, they come back. They're excited. They're going, Jesus, it was amazing. It was amazing. Devils even fled when we told them to leave. They could hardly even believe it worked. You see, and Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. What was he talking about when he said that? I believe what he's saying is when people go out and they start to expand the kingdom and they start to preach the gospel, And they start to tell truth and demons begin to come out of people because they said that's what was happening. The demons are subject to us. And and by the way, didn't Jesus now say, all authority has been given to me? Amen. And do we not have authority over spiritual things? Amen. As the authority of the believer under Jesus' authority, right? Just like that. Well, here is an example. He sends these out. They come back. He goes, I saw Satan fall like lightning, I believe, when you guys were out there. Think, guys, what's happening. They're occupying the land. They're driving out demons. Satan is losing his place in society. Why? Because there was a mobilized people of God out expanding and doing what God said. And I believe what he's saying is, this is the way it's going to happen. In the future, in the days to come there's going to be a people that will go out, that will preach the gospel, that will see the kingdom of God expanded. And what's going to happen? Strongholds will begin to come down in society. The demonic will begin to come down. Has that been happening in our nation? I can't say it has in the last generation, but I tell you something, God's got a plan. God's calling people forward. Now, I got so many little other things I I just thought to, to share, but, I feel like I've probably, in just a shorter time than normal, I feel like I've almost overwhelmed y'all with so much information. But I want to encourage you in this because God's got something for this hour and you need to change your mindset to be able to enter into it. You see, do y'all remember that, that story I'm telling you about, about Israel when they were told to go to the promised land? right? You remember the first time they went? He sent in 12 spies. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Ten of them came back and said, giants are too big. We can't ever make a difference. So they settled back. We want what's comfortable. We don't want to fight. So what did they do? They settled back. Joshua and Caleb rose up and go, No, you need to be willing to fight. You need to be willing to go forward. You need to be willing to lay down your life if that's what it's going to take. If you die, let die. But don't back up on God. And they're like, no, we don't want to hear that. No, we don't want to hear. And guess what? They didn't enter in. right. The two that said, guys, lay down your life. We can go forward. They entered in. The 10 that said, we can't do it, none of them went in. And none that listened, listen to this, none that listened to the 10 went in. Do you understand? Our church world has at its helm 10 spies telling you, be comfortable, live for yourself, don't fight. Don't step out of your fears. Don't step into the ring. Back up, It's all about you, right? And people that listen to that message and feed on that message will never, ever be warriors for Christ. They'll never grow up. You see? But those that will connect with the message that Joshua and Caleb had, which is what? God will give us the land if he's pleased with us. If you have a right attitude, if you'll go forward, God will give it to us. He's given us promises. I know it looks bad. I know your fears are there. There's something in you that doesn't want to go forward. That's human nature. We're all like that. But it's the love of God deep within that makes us say, although I don't feel like going, I know that's the right thing. God, help me. And you make a decision and say, God, no matter what, I'm going forward. I'm going to serve you. If I die, I die, but I'm going to go forward. You see, those are the ones I'm telling you. (laughs) God stands up every time he sees somebody truly make that decision because it touches his heart. Y'all know that story about Stephen, where Stephen, Stephen is there and they're getting ready to stone him and he could have said well guys you know he doesn't he just boldly proclaims the gospel knowing they're going to kill him and then they stone him and when that's happening it says he saw jesus standing you see jesus is always talked about as seated at the right hand of the father (laughs) this just really touches my heart every time i think about it here's a man that laid down his life and jesus is seated at the right hand of the father he sees Stephen and what Stephen's doing, and he just is like, <laughs> and Jesus, he, Jesus stands for that man. That really touches my heart. Doesn't that touch your heart? Do you understand what I'm saying? And Jesus is looking, and he's looking for those that will say, I stand for you, God, no matter what I go through, no matter what I lose, I just have to trust God that whatever I do, if I follow you, you're going to come through for me. You can put your hand, head in the sand, you know, and just go, life's all about me. I just want to have a good life. I just, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to have to face my fears. I don't want to have to face my doubts. I don't want to have to um, stand for the Lord in front of my friends. I'll be so embarrassed to stand for truth because they've made truth so unacceptable. Have you, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's not popular to stand for truth anymore. In fact, the ones who love are called haters. The ones who speak truth or I mean, it's just the craziest world we're living in today. But it's time because things are changing. God's calling his army together. It's a family. We love one another. In fact, if there's no love, none of this other, other stuff matters. You know, I just, I love to come together. I love family. I wish everybody were here today. You know, I wish we could all just come together, love one another, be here together. But it doesn't always work that way. But um, that's what it's all about. It's about love. But as we love God, as we love one another, then what do we do? We lay down our lives for God and we lay down our lives for one another. We lay down our lives for a cause bigger than ourselves, which is other people and God. If you don't lay down your lives, there's other people that are going to be hurt because of that. Y'all see what I mean? Jesus said, it says in the New Testament, He laid down our lives for us. Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and for others. Amen? So I want to encourage you. This is the hour of power. This is the hour when we're going to go forward. We're going to be praying like we've never been before. You need to start stepping out. You need to start telling people about God. If you've not given your life fully to the Lord, that needs to be step number one. You need to make a decision. You're going to give your life completely to God. You're going to live for God completely. Absolutely. If you've been... Dabbling in sin you've been playing around with sin deep down. You know, that's wrong. You just have to go You know what God? I'm a weak man. I'm a weak woman Help me with that God. You know, I don't want to be that way. God, please help me I want to serve you right and if you've been serving the Lord You've been walking with God, but you've not but you've you've been just like it's all about you I am telling you you, God God's giving you opportunity today to say God all right, God I'm enlisting in your army today. I want to do your work. I want to be your hands, be your feet, be your mouthpiece. However you want to use me. But Lord, I'm going to see these little opportunities and I'm going to step out in them. Amen? Amen. How many of you are ready to step out? I don't know how to step out. Just step out. Step out in your faith first. Step out in your prayers first. First, you ready? You ready? Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet and let's just pray. Just pray this to God. Say, Father, I'm ready to step out. I want to serve you with all of my heart. I want to expand the kingdom. I want to see the light come into my world. Lord, I know I'm supposed to be a part of that. So God, show me the way. Show me what you want me to do. But here I am today saying, I'm not going to live for me anymore. I'm going to live for you. You're first from this day forward. Help me now, God, to walk this out in my life from day to day. And God, lead me forward. But God, I never want to go backwards. I want to go forward. Lord, now we claim the land you have given to us in the name of Jesus. And Father, on behalf of all those called to this ministry, called to be a part of this family, Lord, we just declare this is our day. We thank you, God, you'll give us the land as we go forward. We thank you, God, that there are going to be open doors. And Lord, we're not going to be afraid to go through them. God, we're going to go through them. Father, we're willing to lay down our lives. We're willing to do whatever has to be done. But Father, we ask you from today, uh, empower us afresh, God, to bring the power of God to this world, to bring the light wherever we go, to drive out demonic thinking, to drive out lies, to drive out darkness. And God, to bring your light, Lord, where there's people that need help, Thank you, God, they're going to get it. God, we are your servants willing and able. God, just send us and equip us, Lord, we pray. So, Father, today, we say the land is ours. We declare just like Joshua and Caleb did. God will give us the land if we'll just go forward, if we'll just believe God. It looks like there's a lot of giants. It looks like we're small and the giants are so big. But, God, our eyes aren't on how small we are, how untrained we are, and how big and mighty they are. Lord, our eyes are on you today. Lead us into victory. Lead us into increase. Lead us into fruitfulness. Lead us into the blessing. God, we want to be a part of, this, of that expansion of your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, for this little part we can, we can do, God, that will be eternal and it will go for with us forever. Oh, God, that's what we want. We don't just want these little temporal things that will be gone. God, we want to be a part of building that which will always be with us. So Lord, we thank you for this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said again, amen.